you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sweet Victory and J-Mac are also on tap to help us navigate this program, and we really mm-hmm. do appreciate them. Um, my aim is to get around to some calls in the last segment of the show. That's the aim. Um, that's the aim. That is <laughs> that is what I have learned to say. Yes. Because I used to say, we will, we will, we will. And people are like, <laughs> we will not. And so just to beat people to the punch, um, my aim. That's what I aim the to aim. do. That's right. Hey, before we get like into that. content, can can from um, the airing the Addison's team, can we just say a huge welcome to Jenna Ellis, who is... Uh, going to be replacing Sandy Rios in the morning. Je- Jenna Ellis in the morning is going to be the name of the program. Mm-hmm. We'll start in January, January 2nd. And um, I'm super excited that she is joining the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to watch her in devotion this morning. And I just, I was just so elated. You know, I, I have to admit, here's my public confession. Um, she has a podcast that she does. And so she had to do that podcast, even though she's on campus visiting and um, making her rounds on all of the shows to talk about her new program that's coming to American Family Radio. Her podcast has to be done during this time slot. Yes. This is a popular slot. You know, this is like when. Oh, is that what you did? Is that is that how you made yourself feel better you about it? You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, you know, that's this, good. Yeah, this is a nice, you know, two okay. two o'clock central. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's what that's how you got through it. Okay, because for me, it was just it was like, oh come on, you know. Um, but but if that's what you did, I I should have asked I mean, you about this yeah. earlier because that would have been really helpful. Yeah, um, cool. rather than the therapy that I needed. <laughs> um, by the great counselor. Uh, anyways yeah mm -hmm. so 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 welcome to jenna ellis and i'm i'm bummed that we're not going to get to talk to her today uh just because i was super excited after her devotion this morning Uh, but i am looking forward to we will schedule and have her on with us you know just when it works for her okay i guess (laughs) (laughs) i guess if you if you ever lawyer for Trump, you can tell people, hey, you know, I'm sorry, two o'clock. That's not good for me. So that's fine. <laughs> anyway, that's a joke. But I'm, I'm excited because um, she loves Jesus genuinely. Um, and she was sharing a little bit of her testimony this morning. And I was super excited to learn that she was homeschooled mm-hmm. for K-12 years. Mm-hmm. And one of the she said one of the buzz phrases that um, that I immediately connect with when I talk about the the means by which we educate our kids it is not just about what we teach them as far as reading and writing and arithmetic and all of those things like that. Those things are important. I want people to hear me very well. Yeah. But what I'm often driving at is the discipleship and the shaping of character that takes place because you have the lion's share of your kid's time. Amen. And this morning she said, I was, I was educated at home my K-12 years. And so she said, I spent a lot of time, she said, 
being discipled and being shaped by my parents. And that's what's up. That's what you when she hear. said that I I I thought because at that point I still thought she was on with us today at two. So I was just like, <laughs> you were like, oh, yes, we're gonna I have a lot wait. to talk like, about. Yes, my mind just went into like an adding machine. You know how numbers start racking up, but for me, it's questions. It's like my mind immediately started with, oh, I want to go here. I want to know this. I want to yeah. understand journey and all of these things because when you have someone who's been educated at home and then actually, and excuse the expression, but ascends, okay, to a position where you are serving as legal counsel for the president of the United States, I think all of the questions where people are like, but are they going to get an adequate education? Okay, I think, I think, uh, yeah. Yes. I think we can say, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, 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 and all of that, an adequate education is icing on the cake because the ultimate aim of the Bible-believing Christian man. is that you preserve the faith in your child. This is where we live. You and know? so when I heard that, I'm just like, yeah. And and she anyway, so she's on the team. And and this Praise is great. God. And I'm excited about it. And Let's she go. will be um she will be uh replacing our Sandy Rios in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh she'll be Jenna Ellis in the morning. And mm-hmm. that will happen on January second. And so I just wanted to, even though uh we will interview her her at a later date and have an opportunity to kind of really unpack some great conversation, I'm sure. Uh, I just wanted to say officially today because she's making her rounds on all of the programs. So I just wanted the Addisons to be on record saying welcome to Jenna Ellis. Yes. Because you, you understand what people do, right? Like they're, why, why the Addisons, mm, what? <laughs> they didn't welcome Jenna. <laughs> no. Welcome Jenna. Je- Jenna actually didn't <laughs> welcome us. No, I'm kidding. I'm, it's a joke, girl. It's a joke. We'll have a lot of time oh, to get man. to know each other. Uh, but no, I'm really super excited. I think this was um, this was great, and and to have uh, people who, again, maintaining the integrity and the mission of American Family Association, you know, to understand that what we do is so much more eternal than just looking at what's happening in current events, but being able to connect this back to the eternal um, hope that we have in Jesus Christ and seeing the struggles that we're facing in light of what the real battle is and that it's sin and it's wickedness and it's fallenness and to have somebody else uh, join the team as a suitable replacement for Sandy Rios because my, what big shoes to fill Mm -hmm. uh, Sandy Rios in the morning. Uh, But I think, I think, our sister Jenna is going to do a great job. So, I think so. Having said all of that, um, we will. And, and by the way, if she does peek in, let me know. Okay. Just, I mean, she's right across from me. I see her. I know. She's doing a recording right now. <laughs> I know. It's fine. It's it's totally fine. Um, anyways, so I, there's a lot of content to get into today, Jenna. We're not just sitting around filing our nails, sort of, waiting. <laughs> I know today, I'm not. Okay, right. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I and I could I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna get myself in trouble. I've I've made other statements and got myself in trouble. I was just gonna say I don't know that men file their nails. Um Yeah. They, 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 some. Maybe, but I don't know. Uh, I didn't grow up with them. <laughs> that wasn't something that we talked about doing. But hey, you know. I, I'm I feel like I'm doing I'm doing well if I can get you to clip your fingernails. Cause, cause your preferred method of maintenance. Yeah. I don't understand that. Uh, you got to go, go get the clipper, and you know. No, it's, but it's, it's healthier, and you so have what they a, did before clip that teeth. That's what God gave us our teeth now, for. Hold, hold on a second. Huh? You're gonna get in trouble with Ken Ham. I, I almost feel like you're going to a caveman type. You know, <laughs> what they do before we just. There anyway. were actually cave. Men that, that is true. Okay. In caves. Oh boy. We had All this right. conversation. Yeah. Not, With so, our children. Hey. 
That's so true. They were human. They were all, you know, all the way human. That's exactly right. Job talked about them. Yes. Um, I received that review. (laughs) (laughs) You bite your nails if you want, brother. That's fine with me. All right. So t- I, I kind of was not sure what I was going to call this show today mm. because I thought, oh, you know, I have to make sure that I always nail the inflection so that people understand my um, my sar- my sarcasm in, in the title of today's show. But today I want to talk about stupid parental rights. Okay, <laughs> Did I nail it there? Stupid yeah. parental rights? Yeah. I don't know. The inflections are going to change every time. <laughs> But you guys understand, I'm asking a question, right? Are parental rights stupid? And and how have we gotten to the place where that is even a conversation that people are willing to engage in publicly, let alone mm. out loud? Like, mm. I mean, th- those are the things that are what I would define as, you know, the quiet buffoonery. Like, you just don't <laughs> even say those things out loud, but we are in this place. Uh, and let me go back to what I mean and what we kind of want to form a conversation around and then expand it from there. Um, Senator Tim Scott tweeted the day after midterms when looking at how so many of the school boards that had elections, those positions were filled by what would be considered uh, conservative candidates. Right. And so it was sort of like a referendum. It was the parents saying, no, we are the parents. Mm -hmm. You guys are serving us. Okay, Mm -hmm. we want the kinds of people who recognize that we will be involved in our kids education. So. Following midterms, Senator Tim Scott tweeted out, quote, we are putting parents back in charge of their kids' education. Hmm. Okay, <laughs> that doesn't even seem, well, yeah, it does. I, I, I'm, in today's, you know. That's right. That's yeah. exactly what I was, that was my self-correct right there on the spot. Because <laughs> I was going to say, that doesn't even seem controversial. Like, just to say, we're putting parents back in charge of kids' education. I mean, but education. even that you have to say that. To me, it's now controversial. It's like that is true. That should be a given. Yeah. Like parents are in charge because it implies that 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 in charge ness <laughs> yeah. had been taken away, yeah. right? And so now you've got to give it back to parents. Well, anyway, um, Eric's Eric Swalwell. I'm not even really familiar with this guy. You sent me some links, yeah. but I have to I have to admit that you know, aside from I guess in preparation for this, like he's not even on my radar. But Representative Eric Swalwell. A Democrat from California tweeted in response to Tim Scott's tweet uh, the following, and and I'm gonna I'm just gonna read what he wrote, mm-hmm. and um and then you know whatever. So this is what he tweeted in response to Senator Scott. Please tell me what I'm missing here. What are we doing next? Putting parents in charge of their own surgeries, clients in charge of their own trials. <laughs> When did we stop trusting experts? This is so stupid. The question is, what is the this? Right? What is the this that is so stupid? I think in the context of this, the very easy and low-hanging fruit would be, you know, parents in charge of their kids' education. Mm -hmm. But to say that a parent should not be in charge of his or her kids' education or their kids education really drives at something deeper than just education. It drives at parental rights. What do parents have the right to do and where do those rights come from? Who has taken those rights who would then be able to return those rights back to the parents. And these are the kinds of things that have slowly happened over time. 
slowly but surely happened over time where you have parents who have forgotten what their roles are and by extension forgotten that that's just a natural right that you have. Like no, nobody, no person gives you that right. It is the right that is yours because God said, right? Mm -hmm. God gives children to parents. So therefore parents have the right to lead those children, to protect those children, to care for those children. In fact, you see a loss of parental rights when there is what? Abuse of children. Mm. Because the automatic right, assumption right. is that the parents have rights. When there is a child <laughs> that one is that is being put up for adoption, there must be a what? A termination or a terminating of those parental rights. Because the implication is that parents have the rights over their children. Like they... It's sad to say it this way, but parents get first dibs. You, <laughs> you, you get dibs. You you get to determine how your kid is going to be raised. You get to determine where your kid is going to go to school, how your kid is going to be educated. This is not controversial, except that over time in the United States of America, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. parents have given up those rights. Right. Right. We ourselves have in many instances and in many ways, we have terminated those rights. We have turned those rights over to those, as our friend Swalwell suggested, to those that we believed were the experts. And so what I want to explore today is what mm. happens in a nation where there is a collective termination of parental rights. Well, then what you end up with is what we are seeing. Guys, and this should be very chilling for all of us. What you end up with is a nation of orphans. You, you end up with a nation of orphans. And, and what does that mean? That means you end up with a nation filled with children who are open to experimentation. Check. Open to physical abuse. Check. Mm -hmm. Open to emotional abuse. Check open to social social experimentation check open to medical experimentation check and so when you look at all of these things that once parents stood between our kids and these things right like we stood between our kids and these types of things when the parents are removed you end up with the type of nation that is presenting itself right now it is filled with these orphans these social and emotional orphans right because they don't have the adults in the room anymore mm. so actually mr swalwell this is not stupid we'll take a break and we'll be right back Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. That's Path of Revelation with Believers. Will the Great keeping me up to date on what's happening over at uh, Elon Musk's house. Elon Musk's. <laughs> How you say that? I don't. It's Elon <laughs> Musk's 
house. <laughs> We've talked Mustaces. about this before. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, be sober. Okay? Be sober. That's why Jenna didn't want to come on. She's like, ah, I heard your podcast. Damn, they're not serious enough. They're that. not serious. They're not heavy hitters. Um, listen, um, over... On Twitter, I was trying to find a funny way to say, you know, this is Elon. This is Elon's thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to find a funny way to say that. Um, but you're keeping me up to date. And so you sent me uh, a screenshot of this, this tweet that yesterday, the National Education Association, the America's largest <laughs> teachers union. Yeah. Okay. Which, by the way, in, um, from when was it? January 2021 to like September 2022. Uh, the NEA, their political and education fund like that, they spent like three and a half million dollars on midterms, just so you know. Mm. Mm. Um, and they weren't they weren't like largely backing. OK, and I'm being generous. <laughs> the candidates that say, hey, you're the parent, mm. not those. Right. But but anyway, this was their tweet yesterday. It mm-hmm. says uh, educators love their students and know better than anyone what they need to learn and to thrive, what they need to learn and to thrive. OK, Um Probably the best trolling came from former uh, Secretary of Education, Bessie DeVos. She said, you misspelled parents. <laughs> <laughs> See what she did yes. there? Educators, no, not yes. educators. You misspelled parents. Parents right. yes. love their their come kids. Come on, man. Right? Yeah, come on. I know, and and I know. it shows now because of all the stuff that yeah. came out. You see how parents and school boys have flipped. and all, you know right. These things That's have right. happened as a consequence of what has been going on. That's right. You know, trying to strip away the rights of parents and do all these things to the children. Parents are stepping up. I, and, and I think know? that's one of the things that probably is most telling about what our public educators thought. Not all of them, listen to me, but the ones who are controlling the strings, yeah. the ones who are making all of the decisions. And, and our teachers and unfortunately our principals know what I'm talking about because I hear from you. OK, mm-hmm. let's just mm-hmm. keep it a buck here. Um, but the ones who are making all of the decisions, I think probably one of the best things to happen was for parents to show up because what they have been demonstrating is what they always believed that you by default, when you drop your kid off, you don't really care mm. that you by default that you, they it's your, your kid until three o'clock. You go ahead and just let me know what happens. But I think what they are discovering Man. now is that for so many parents that that was nowhere at all true ever. Right. And so I and I think and and parents are saying and come lean in so I can tell you just how wrong you have been. And so I think that's what you see happening as far as elections are concerned. And I'll say this. The sad part is they they took that as parents are not caring. And, you know, but really what it was, was parents really trusting. That's uh, exactly right. As experts and trusting and kind of being laid back. You know, yeah. with their involvement. And now yeah. what is being seen is like, no, man, I, I, you know, I see what you guys are doing and I'm here, you know. And can I tell you, I think the trust was really based on our past point of reference. Yeah. And and I think that's an almost. And I think parents realize this now. It's almost a dangerous starting point. Right. Because you're going back decades for, for many of us to say th- this is what it was like when I was in school. Mm-hmm. And, and, and even then, if you are genuine and honest, you know, mm, I probably learned some things I should have learned <laughs> right. in school. Yes. I, I probably had some challenges yeah. to a biblical worldview oh, yes. that I often look back on it now and I say, man, I'm, I really am. And I know this sounds funny, but this is not a punchline. I had others. 
they may have <laughs> fallen flat. But this is not a punchline. This is genuine. And I have said this uh, privately among friends and certainly to Will the Great. I'm grateful that I wasn't smart enough to recognize the attack on my biblical worldview. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm grateful that I didn't, this is embarrassing, but it's just true, that I didn't think deeply enough mm. to find a, a challenge to my biblical worldview. I just, I just said, no, I mean, well, what I get taught at church is right. You know what I mean? Like I just, yeah. but I didn't process yeah. it now, but yeah. that's not even the same environment that we're in right now. Imagine that you are, you have your kids in a situation where they are surrounded by people who see it as their mission to transform them. Mm. It's not just sort of a casual, like, okay, oh, well, because we have to touch on this and it's in the curriculum. And, and then, you know, increasingly you have teachers who do not have a fear of God in their eyes. They see it as their personal mission to get all obstacles and all opposition out of the way. And indeed, our teachers unions would like for all of our schools to have that kind of quote unquote representation. Mm. Those who deviate, those mm. who are a part of what is called the progressive group. Right. Um, one of the points I want to make today, and I want to do this by playing a couple clips here. I've mentioned her on this program before, but when we call parental rights stupid, and when we encourage parents to move out of the way in preference of the child's desires, right? Like when, when we encourage parents to not parent, right, then the results, the consequences are dire. And we've talked about Chloe Cole on this program before, but Chloe Cole is the 18-year-old who is now known as a detransitioner. And in case you're not familiar with that, she is the young woman who experienced gender dysphoria. She had some issues even beginning at the age of nine. And I know that because I've actually read the lawsuit, which I'm going to share a little bit of it with you. But she transitioned to male, ultimately having a double mastectomy. She was recently on Tucker Carlson talking about this lawsuit that she's bringing against those who mutilated her body. This is clip one. How, how old were you when you were told by a doctor that you could become a different sex? I was 12. Tw you were 12 years old. Um, and did you, I mean, I assume at 12, you believe what a doctor tells you. And my parents trusted them as well. They, um, my parents, they started referring, I, I was 12 years old when I first expressed to them that I had distress with my gender, with being female, and that I wanted to transition to male. And they, they were concerned, and they wanted what was best for me, but they weren't really sure what to do with me, so they sought professional help. And from then on, I was basically affirmed in my gender identity without any questioning from any medical professionals, and they pushed transitioning as the way to treat gender dysphoria. They pushed transitioning, <clears throat> excuse me, as the way to treat gender dysphoria. Man, mm. I'm having an issue with my voice, Will the Great. I may need you to jump in just for a second here, but let me see if I can make this point. Okay. So Chloe Cole at 15 mm -hmm. had both healthy, healthy breasts removed, and now she is experiencing regret but not just regret, sorrowful regret yeah. yeah, that is actually affecting her mentally. 
Yeah. And so now she is responding by suing those people who were involved in this. And so I was reading the lawsuit that is being brought against these three doctors who, as she calls it, as her attorneys call it, experimented on her. (laughs) And I was thinking, this is the result of removing parental rights or bulldozing Mm. over parental rights. Do you see what I'm saying here? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. We got to take into consideration what the effects will be on these children. And I don't think they really care. I mean, there's no care for that. And so when you have, we talk about, you know, parental rights and things like that. They, they want all, they want the rights of the parents to be stripped away. They want to have the control. But then when you have these situations like this happen and, and people are, you know, uh, going through these transitions and, and now they want to get back to who they were, you know, those people are nowhere around. And so the, the thing is, you know, we have to stick with the truth. The truth is what God has said, the design that he has placed for it. And so we need to stick with the truth. We need to preach the truth. And we need to be like, man, you know, I don't care. And I'm, I'm not trying to be insensitive, but I'm, I'm not trying to be insensitive. But I don't care what you feel like today. Because it's known that that stuff will pass, like it will go away. You know, those feelings usually change. We see that in children all of the time. And so I feel like, man, this is a time for truth. This is a time where we can't, you know, be bashful with the truth. We can't be shy with the truth. We can't hold back the truth. Because you have situations like this with with Chloe. It's like, man, her life is pretty much destroyed. Now, God can redeem, you know, if she comes to Christ. God can re- redeem. But the thing is, like, man, her, it, it's, it's destroyed. Like, and they're doing these things as experiments. She said, said it correctly, you know, it's experiments. And so it's, it's a sad thing when you think about the lies that's being promoted, that the children that are being destroyed because of this, mutilating their bodies, you know, all for the sake of a certain agenda. And, and man, you know, the outcome of this stuff is there's usually a change of mindset that happens where they want to go back to where they were. You know, we know that even little kids, little kids, they're trying to push this stuff on them and trying to normalize this stuff. But a little child, he may say, I want to be, you know, a dinosaur, (laughs) you know, all types of things. But then when you have these things happen, you know, they're like, oh, see, maybe he's gay. Maybe he's homosexual. Maybe that he's not a boy. And, you know, we need to go along with what he's saying right here instead of speaking truth. So for the Bible-believing Christian, and this is where I stand, for the Bible-believing Christian, we need to always tell the truth, no matter what. We need to tell the truth um, in the face of lies. We need to stand on the Word of God. We have everything that we need, and there's no need to be even be bashful or shy with it. We need to tell the truth. You know, I was thinking, even as I was preparing for this, and this is, man, this is such a a trivial example that I'm about to use, and this in no way at all, this in no way compares to um, a child Mm -hmm. having healthy breast tissue permanently removed. This in no way, um, it's not the same thing. But I think as parents, if we can think at a very 
basic level, the kinds of stages and phases that our children go through mm-hmm. <laughs> where we recognize that is not always permanent. I, right. I was thinking it's about how just a year ago, our dear JD was all about card tricks. You remember this? Yes. I mean, yes. It was it was it was card tricks when you when you wake up. Card <laughs> tricks. Show all you. Th- Can I show you this and new one? Card now? tricks before bed. And he was <laughs> collecting decks and all of these things. And it was like his entire world. And I remember, and this is so small, so trivial, but just hang with me for a second. I remember him saying, you know, he wanted to buy all these different decks. He just he wanted to collect them. Mm-hmm. And as his mom, I remember saying, son, I don't think it's wise to spend all of your money on these <laughs> decks of cards. And I would say, how many decks of cards do you need? And, and you know, his thing was, but I'm a collector. I'm a collector. But I still put the brakes on. And I said, I think you ought to think about that. I think you ought to sleep on that. Mm, I think you've got enough now, you know. And recently we were talking about this. And he said, he said, man, it's been so long since I've even picked up a deck of cards yeah and he said he went to try to shuffle them and they were falling out of his i mean he could do bridges and all of these things and shuffle them with one hand and all of this and and i'm thinking he was good and i was thinking as i was preparing for this how now that's just you know card tricks Mm -hmm. right can you imagine your kid comes to you and says i'm non-binary i'm gender non-conforming yeah. Or I think I'm actually a boy. Come on. And we don't have the boldness, the mm. care, right, mm. to understand what our role is to even at a very basic level just say, no, you're not. Right. You're not. There's right. something going on. We're going to find out what it is, but you're not a boy. You're not gender nonconforming or gender non or gender and you're none of those things look the thing is if we find ourselves not being able to tell the truth that means we have been indoctrinated that's we have succumbed to the same things that we you know despise like when when there's that uh, hesitancy and that like shyness from telling the truth Mm -hmm. it's because it's seeped in on us as well Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know know, i was um i i went to uh libertycenter.org and i went ahead and um is this is Jenna can join us now? I just got a notice that Jenna can join us on the program. Okay. <laughs> can I just can I just make this point before Jenna comes in? We got a break I, coming up anyway. Okay, maybe on the other. Okay, on the other side of the break, we'll bring in Jenna Ellis. <laughs> so funny. Um, but let me just make this point before we go to the break here. I was looking through this lawsuit that has been filed. And and by the way, you should read it. If you get, you know, I always tell people what they should read. But if you get an opportunity, go to libertycenter.org and pull up the lawsuit. It's about 14 pages. And uh, what is not redacted, you can read. And I I was reading through this and I was looking at how at nine years old, Chloe began to have some questions about her sexuality. And one of the things that really grabbed me about this was that, you know, she was drawn more so to boys than girls she felt like girls were more shallow right and that and so then she started to kind of feel like maybe she was a boy more so than and you think about at nine years old that is counseling right that's not waiting until you hit 12 to go on testosterone or to replace hormones and all of this we're the parents in the room and there's a reason for that that's right there's a reason for that 
All right, we'll grab the break and we'll be right back. Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Stay close. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Really do appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's C.C. Winans, Goodness of God. Now, this is why I say our aim is to get around to calls, because now (laughs) we have Jenna Ellis with us. And Jenna, I will just tell you, I'm really excited that you're on. Will the Great thought you snubbed us. I was like, I felt like there's a really good reason she's doing her podcast and I was very gracious. Will the Great was kind of wow. not. And so okay. I just wanted to make sure that you have a very warm working <laughs> environment here. So, no, I'm just kidding. Um, look, we're thrilled to talk to you about um, joining the team of American Family Radio, Jenna Ellis in the morning, which mm-hmm. will begin uh, January 2nd, 2023. Yes. Um, I was hoping that you could tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself, and I will tell you what I'm aiming for here. Ultimately, um, got to hear you this morning at our uh, company devotion, and I was so excited to learn that you were educated at home, and I think you said K-12. Yes. Um, Will the Great and I have six children. We educate them at home, and we are very passionate about discipleship and training them and making sure that we pass on our faith to them. Uh, in real and tangible ways. And so when I heard you talking this morning, I just thought, oh, man, couldn't wait um, to to share that and to encourage other listeners, because I think so often, you know, people hear that you've been homeschooled and they think, well, what are you really going to learn? And then you go <laughs> and and you, and you serve a president. You know what I mean? And so right, I right. think <laughs> Which just proves that homeschoolers are socialized, by the way. That's so, it. That's it. Yes. That, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yes. Anyway, tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself, Jenna. Yeah. So, so like you said, and thanks so much for having me. I've received such a warm welcome from AFA and uh, AFR and the whole family. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up as a Christian and with the fundamental worldview premise that truth is the person of God himself. And mm. uh, having that opportunity to be discipled and mentored by my parents really set me up very well to challenge the narrative of uh, the culture when I was in college and when I was in law school and told that, you know, well, law is completely arbitrary. There's no measurable difference between right and wrong and good and evil. It's just whatever uh, the legislature or the sovereign of the culture designates. And of course Mm. we know that that's not true. And so what homeschool does and why I am, I'm such a huge advocate of homeschooling and and love partnering with my friends at the homeschool legal defense association. Um, Mike Ferris, who of course Mm -hmm. uh, was the CEO of Alliance defending freedom. Um, He is one of my best friends and legal mentors and heroes and uh, his whole ministry and discipleship and law as well. And course, with his 10 kids and the whole homeschooling move, I don't know how many grandkids he has by now. Um, but all of these, uh, all of these things, he posted something on, uh, fa- on his Facebook page the other day that was so profound where he said, you know, parents do not co-parent with the government. Mm. And that's mm. really the heart of homeschooling is saying that kids are a gift from the Lord and parents are responsible for not just the health, safety and welfare of children like the state would say, but truly for discipleship of their heart and soul. 
Yeah. Mm, um, yeah. And and that was my experience growing up. And I know that I would not be the person that I am today with um, all the opportunities God has given me. But I would not be ready to step into some of those opportunities and learn had it not been for my parents and had it not been for the Homeschooling Foundation. Wow. Well, awesome. Jenna, I man, I am just super excited about what you're going to bring uh, to the morning program. You know, we were today's topic actually was on parental rights and how so much of what is just naturally given to us as parents has come, um, you know, I, I would say under attack and has been called into question. And I'm sure you're aware of this. And so I'll just kind of back up just for the sake of the discussion to kind of bring you in. You know, when we talk about the rights of parents being restored, uh, Senator Tim Scott tweeted out after midterms, we're putting parents back in charge of their kids' education, (laughs) to which Representative Eric Swalwell responded, please tell me what I'm missing here. What are we doing next? Putting parents in charge of their own surgeries, clients in charge of their own trials. When did we stop trusting experts? This is so stupid. And I was sort of using this as a backdrop just to kind of communicate, this is the cultural moment that we are in. And I'm wondering how you might encourage parents to really step up to the plate and understand the importance of this moment, this opportunity that God gives us as parents. Yeah, well, it all goes back to the very beginning of every legitimate authority comes from God himself, because he Mm -hmm. is the ultimate authority. He is the divine lawgiver. And any authority and power that we have on earth is through his legitimate delegation of authority. Mm -hmm. And he has given specific uh, limited authority to the family government, the civil government, and the church government. And we as Christians need to recognize those uh, spheres of authority and how God has designed those institutions for our good. Mm. And parents need to recognize that, you know, no disrespect to Mr. Swalwell, who is absolutely insanely wrong on (laughs) those things. But um, as a practicing attorney, my clients are in charge of the trial. Mm, They get to designate whether they want to take a plea bargain, whether they want to go to trial. Now, of course, I will give them advice Mm. as the expert, but ultimately it's their life. It's their call. Mm -hmm. These children are the responsibility of parents and parents know better than anyone else. Why? Because God gave children to parents. He did not give children to the government. Amen. Mm. Amen. You know, I, I'm aware that among some of the other things that you do, you also teach at Summit Ministries. So mm-hmm. yes. let's talk a little bit about that. <laughs> let's talk about worldview training and why it's so important to equip our young children or our young people with a biblical worldview. Yeah, well, I went through Summit Ministries as a student uh, when I was about 15, and uh, that was a complementary aspect of of my uh, holistic education of homeschooling. And that whole uh, curriculum really taught me to look for where the secular humanist or false worldviews come in, because Mm. if we are only teaching Christ in the four walls of the church, Mm -hmm. then we are not bringing truth into every area of life. Mm. And of course, every profession, uh, and we'll just use mine as an example, in law, law is a philosophy. Law touches and concerns everything that we do. There are ethics around it, and ethics, of course, have to be based on objective, truthful morality. And every profession, we either have a Christian, truthful perspective on that profession, or we have a false one. And those are the Mm. only two alternatives. It's either God or something besides God. And so we either start with truth or we start with something else. And so Summit 
uh, in two weeks, we'll take uh, kids who are, and I say kids, I mean, I'm still a kid in some ways, but um, (laughs) kids high school through uh, college, and we'll teach them not only to challenge the worldview of what they're being taught, but actually to recognize it. Because Mm -hmm. most kids will challenge authority if they think it's wrong. It's when they don't even recognize the false narrative of what they're being taught, and they Mm. just assume that, oh, it's the professor, so therefore they must know what they're talking about. They're the expert. That's what Eric Swalwell wants you to believe, because we've become a nation of trust the science, trust Mm -hmm. the expert, trust us when we tell you that if you feel a certain way, then that means you're a certain gender, and trust us, we're the expert. And ultimately, all these quote-unquote experts, all they want to do is to manipulate and control us and to separate us further from the truth, which is the person of God himself. Mm-hmm. Jenna, I'm curious about your time um, in the swamp. I, I mean, that's that's kind of, you know, <laughs> that's, you know, I, I, as a as a genuine believer, as as one yeah. with yeah. principles and a genuine <laughs> conviction, which is obvious. I mean, just listening to you talk and, and hearing you. you earlier this morning, I mean, it's so obvious that it's genuine. Um How'd you make it out, you know, like with all of that still intact? I just uh, help us out. Yeah, well, you know, this goes back to my parents and mm. uh, having that foundation to be able to uh, go to my parents who are still my best friends and um, to my brothers who are my best mm. friends and my sister-in-law. And um, for that type of uh, friendship, that's the church, really. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's why we are supposed to be in the church, not to just have the accountability and exhortation, but also Uh, to make sure that we know that we're not alone, that we have a fellowship of believers. And so I wasn't by myself ever in the swamp, even though my church, my home church, loves to say you're our missionary to the swamp, and there's a (laughs) lot of truth to that. Um, But I never felt alone because I was surrounded with a community of not only my family, but also so many pastors um, that were praying for me, that still pray for me, that encourage me. We cannot ever allow ourselves to become isolated as Christians because that's Very when good. depression, discouragement, fear, and all kinds of lies from the devil creep in. We have to always continue to uh, fellowship with believers. That's the only way that I've survived. Share with us just a few of the lessons that you took away um, as you serve the president. Um, tell us some of those lessons that you've that you've taken away and how can we see some of that reflected in your morning show here on American Family Radio? Wow. Well, so many things that and so many memories that I really cherish. And uh, it was such an honor and privilege to see the presidency up front and, and that close with the greatest president of my lifetime. Hmm. And, uh, and and there are so many lessons. But I think the top um, the top two maybe are first that after having all kinds of lies and smears and credibility attacks and all kinds of things that were just totally false, smeared all over uh, national publications, I learned that no matter what the devil tries, it is not as powerful as the name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so there is a true fearlessness when you are Mm. confronted with that type of intensity to say, it doesn't matter. All that matters is that I am faithful to the Lord that is faithful to me. Um, and so I'm grateful that I was confronted with so many uh, hostile <laughs> hostile journalists and hostile uh, uh, people in the swamp because it ultimately gave me so much more freedom in Christ to only fear God. Mm. And, uh, and the second is, is what I shared in the devotion uh, this morning, that 
as a spokesperson for the office of the president. Yeah. Um, this this was such a great responsibility that I was very aware of that no matter what I said, that would reflect either positively, negatively, or somewhere in between on the president of the United States, the most powerful man in the world, right? Mm, yeah. And I took that incredibly seriously. And as I was talking to probably one of my family members about this and just saying, you know, this is such an honor, um, it struck me that that is exactly the same type of awareness we need to have when the Bible calls us to be ambassadors for Christ Come and that on. our Amen. testimony mm-hmm. is a living, breathing uh, evidence of his good and his transformative power in our lives. And mm-hmm. if I am concerned about being a spokesperson for Donald Trump, how much more mm. should I be concerned <laughs> to testify every yes. single moment of my Christian life to the God of the universe. Amen. Jenna, I like you. Okay, <laughs> I like Jenna. Too. Let me just l- listen. Okay, I don't geek out publicly over people. Um, but but I'm geeking out here because there there is such an encouragement in your words. And, and I don't even know if you can understand how deeply your words are reaching even in this moment because and, and I think you do know you do know because you are observing the culture just like everybody else. You see what's going on and to recognize how important it is for those who name the name of Jesus Christ to be steadfast, to take him into everything that we're doing. We are supposed Mm -hmm. to be lighting up the darkness. We're almost out of time here uh, for the program, which I think is just a great way for us to wrap up. But here's what I want to ask you to do. There are so many homeschooling parents listening right now. And as you might be aware, they are going, Oh Lord, it's possible. And they, you know, they're, <laughs> oh, yeah. they're, they're in the trenches right now. We, we are in the trenches right now. And, and we're going, Lord, because the ultimate aim is that as we rear our children, that their faith remains intact, but we want them to be well-educated and we want their gifts to make room for them, right? And set them before Kings. And it seems to me that the Lord saw fit to do that in and through your life. What encouragement do you have for homeschooling families listening right now? Yeah, uh, keep going. And, you know, the Bible says that if you train up a child in the way he should go when he's older, he won't depart from it. And there were many times that, you know, I've I've wavered, I've made bad decisions or, you know, it was hard. I mean, it was not just one super easy homeschooling day after the next. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my my brother and I, if you can't tell, we we're pretty strong personalities. And so, you know, so sometimes that was difficult for my mom. And so um, so don't think that you're the only one that has it hard. But that difficulty will bear fruit. And that type of uh, being hewn in the fire is really what produces solid gold. Mm. And uh, so be encouraged. That is so good. Jenna, thank you so much. I really do appreciate you you joining us. I'm excited about you um, joining the AFR lineup, and and we just look forward to it. I I believe that there will be um, more of that wisdom coming from you. Um, in the years to come. So thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And I I just love the AFR family and I'm so excited to be with you starting on January 2nd. So thank you. Yay. Make sure all of our listeners, I will just say to the Aaron the Addison's listeners, make sure that you you probably are already listening to Sandy in the morning. And so continue on listening. You're going to be blessed and encouraged. Will the great a lot, right? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Are you, are you as you don't geek out over stuff, but I mean, I'm happy. Whatever is geeking Look, out for you, you know yeah, what I'm saying. You know, when, it's just when real it's, ones come, you know, and be a part right. of the team. I'm like, yes, yes, that's right. Amen. Amen. Not that there have been unreal, but I'm just saying, like, there's, <laughs> there's something about um, a person I think operating 
um, at the highest level of their professional call. Yes. And understanding that the one who secured that for him or her right. is Jesus Christ. Amen. I think that is just Nothing incredible. Like it. All right. Well, we are out of time. And what a great show we've had um, until tomorrow. Lord willing. God bless.